The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two this morning, Jason Agnew is here, host of the trivia show, and sometimes the guy who sits in this chair when I'm away. News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew is here. Patrick Brown is the mayor of Brampton, and Toronto lawyer Karima Sad is here as well. And Karima, let me start with you because I want to start with these uh, student protests yesterday. You were in the crowd. What kind of uh, measure did you take of the people who were there and the intensity of their uh, actual interest in it? So I was at uh, York Memorial Collegiate Institute, which is, uh, it was a relatively small uh, gathering compared to what we saw at other schools. There were a few dozen students um, and it was really student led. Um, and this is in contrast to some of the other protests I've attended at schools um, over the past year that seemed to be more adult focused. Um, so that was a pleasant change. And actually, everyone I spoke with um, was quite uh, measured and, and I was they were surprisingly informed. Um, and I, I shouldn't say surprisingly, uh, but, you know, maybe even a better grasp on the situation than some of the takes I see on Twitter. Can I ask you one additional question? Because, you know, you're a frequent contributor here and somebody got in touch with me and said, well, why do you talk with somebody who has Palestinian connections? I thought, you know, how is that a problem? (laughs) Um, And, you know, the the question of bias and identity, you know, it's permeates everything, I think. And I wonder if the same question is ever asked in reverse. I kind of doubt it. Um, so, you know, the the fact that I am Palestinian, half Palestinian, um, has no real bearing on my ability to observe and document what is happening on the streets. Jason Agnew, you probably were able to take the measure of some of the protests yesterday, either via video or there was a lot on social media as well. What was your impression? Well, you know, for for people who are doing this, for young people who are doing this, it's great if they have an interest and they get out of the bubble that they are living in and they are looking at the world as a whole. Um, You know, there's always the worry, though, and I think you've mentioned it on the show already, that there are the ones that are passionate about this. And then the other people are just kind of like, oh, is this is this day off? All right, I'm in. I'm going to go down to the uh, the bus shelter and, you know, smoke a few. Patrick Brown, some people see any rally as, you know, especially pro-Palestinian rallies as necessarily being hostile to Israel or to Jews. And I, I think that's, you know, sometimes they are, but I also think that's a sad framing of things. Yeah, and we live in a democracy. Peaceful protest is um, protected in, in, in our democracy. I think where the line in the sand is, is, you know, I saw online there was controversy over um, a bike ride that was promoting Gaza and Hamas. And so, you know, you can have a protest to talk about um, the plight of Palestinian civilians, but it's not appropriate to have an event where you glorify Hamas, which is designated as by Canada as a terrorist organization for their barbaric um, behavior. And, you know, on the same note, it's fine to criticize um, Israel. You can have that in a, in, a, in a democracy. That's part of debate. It's healthy. But when you see commentary that is blatantly anti-Semitic, it's, 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 it's hate. Is that a serious thing, this biker rally? I think it's scheduled for tomorrow. The first time I saw the meme, I thought maybe somebody's just trying to make trouble because I can't imagine why you would stage a rally in, in, in support of Hamas. Mm-hmm. 
It, it seems wild, but I think there are some people on the fringes who uh, are that um, tone deaf or that filled with hate. But, you know, I would say if you look at the larger organizations that have raised concerns about civilians in Palestine, like NCCM, they went on their Twitter account and they condemned Hamas. And so it's encouraging in Canada, at least the large organizations that have raised different perspectives have had a consensus on uh, what is uh, obviously um, vulgar and um, and uh, inappropriate. Karim Asad, can I ask you about what you're expecting tomorrow? Are you going to be covering it? Um, well, I actually, I only just recently found out about this. Um, it was my plan to go to Mississauga um, for a rally at Celebration Square. Um, what's interesting is it's someone um, kind of closely-ish linked to the JDL who brought it to my attention, um, that being the Jewish Defense League. Um, so I have some of the same reservations that you just expressed about who is organizing, for what intent, who actually plans to show up, because it it is separate, I would say, from uh, the other events and rallies that uh, I've attended, and I have no idea about these organizers. Okay, let's move on to a few other things. And actually, Patrick Brown, I'll start with you on this one, because it's uh, it's a city issue, although it's city of Toronto. But uh, according to a report in the Star today, the Ford government is actually open to the idea of taking over the Gardner and the Don Valley Parkway, and that would be a huge financial burden lifted from Toronto. What's your take? Yeah, this has been a long-standing um, request of of the city of Toronto. Um, obviously, uh, they're they're fortunate that the premier has had an ear to uh, to it because a lot you know previously, whenever this has been raised, it's been like a lead balloon where the province isn't interested in inheriting new expenses. So. You know, I, I just think whatever they do in Toronto, they have to do elsewhere. I think there may be some other provincial, um, uh, other highways in southwestern Ontario that, uh, you know, there'd be the same expectation in those municipalities. Does it make sense to you, Jason Agnew? As uh, I mean, I, I have to fully disclose here that uh, Anna Bylaw, when she announced her run for mayor, was in our studios, and that was the first thing she announced. She said, we're going to get these highways uploaded to Queen's Park. And I said, well, good luck with that. Now it appears it's going to happen. Well, yeah, it's very surprising that this has happened. But listen, anything that can get help get traffic in Toronto moving quicker, I'm all for. And if this does that, if there's maintenance, I mean, let's face it, the gardener in particular is an absolute mess. And there's been questions about this particular roadway for, what, 30 years now of what we're going to do with it? I'm very surprised that Ford would want any part of this. Yeah, well, at least it stopped dropping rocks and concrete and whatever else on the cars now. below. For, for, for now, now for John. Now. Only for now, <laughs> as the song from Avenue Q goes. Karima, your thoughts? Um, it, I, I do remember um, uh, candidate Bailao speaking about this, and at the time it seemed very implausible. Um, so the fact that there is uh, some reception at Queen's Park to offload this expense, um, it, it won't cure uh, the budget problems that Toronto is facing, but uh, would have a very positive impact. Uh, In-depth report today says the cost to protect the prime minister has been shooting up. Now, parts of that is inflation. Parts of it are, for example, that Paul Martin didn't have any little kids, so they didn't have to be protected. Um, Then you get to Justin Trudeau, who now has to have two different security details, not to mention his three kids who probably get security details. And then there's travel. But um, let me start with Jason Agnew on this one. I don't tend to grieve this sort of stuff. It's not like he sits... I always get emails from people saying, do you know 
know how many cars there are in his motorcade? Yes, the exact same number of cars as that were in Stephen Harper's motorcade. Yeah, this is just something that needs to be done, especially look at the world that we're living in now. It's more divisive. It's more angry. There's more violence out there. And with that in mind, you know, someone like this and, you know, Trudeau's children and, well, ex-wife, is that a thing yet, should be protected because, you know, they are at risk. Well, now that she's been recoupled, I don't know if the security eventually fades, but uh, let me turn to Karima. Like I said, I don't grieve their travel either because they've get, this is how they fly on private planes. So somebody can sit down with a pencil and calculate what that costs, but it's just the way it works. I've had the opportunity to observe the security detail uh, in person several times, um, often because I am covering a protest. And, and so I see the need to have protection. Um, you know, I, I do believe that there are potential leaks within this security circle, uh, just based on protesters having information that isn't publicly available. So that's something that could perhaps be addressed. Um, but uh, otherwise, yes, uh, you know, the protection is important. But I do note that um, other MPs, politicians, MPPs um, don't receive the same level of protection, um, and, and that may be problematic. Patrick Brown, does the mayor of Brampton have protection? I don't have protection, but I, I entirely think it's appropriate that the prime minister does. And frankly, if you look at the G7 or G20, Canada is probably one of the countries with um, the least uh, protective services for our our prime minister. And frankly, you know, we had the prime minister in Brampton a week ago, and there was people there, you know, shouting um, expletives uh, who, you know, were seething uh, angry at the prime minister. And, you know, he should be protected, regardless of what party, uh, who, who the prime minister is. I think that's a basic service that you have to have in, in, in a democracy. So I don't think this should even be uh, a debate. It's you, you protect your prime minister. And frankly, you know, you look a few years ago in the UK, where there was um, an MP in um, in England that was literally murdered in his constituency office. And so um, you trample on your democracy if you don't um, protect the ability of your democracy to exist free of violence. But Gone are the days yes. when an Inuit statue could protect our prime minister. Oh, He'd do it by himself, John. Let, well, he protected himself by strangling a guy, and it was his wife who was <laughs> wielding the Inuit statue. You're absolutely right. I always thought I like having a prime minister who can do his own, you know, protection. Uh, Buffy St. Marie is the object of a report tonight on uh, the Fifth Estate where they assert that she may not actually be indigenous. And uh, let me come back to Patrick Brown. There's so much cloud in her life story. She's always insisted she doesn't know who her biological parents are, but she has always considered herself to be indigenous. And this just seems kind of a gratuitous swipe. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen that report, so I, I just be uh, uh, guessing based on what it's going to say. But you, you would hope that no one would do something like uh, like that, and, and you hope that the, that report is wrong. Karima said the life story of Buffy St. Marie is extraordinary. The contention is she was born on an Indian reserve. Then she was raised by white parents in New England. She went back to the reserve. They took her in as an adult and adopted her. And she's always lived as an indigenous person. So I don't, she doesn't strike me. It's not like, like Rachel Dolezal, who was a white woman who just decided she was black. 
Right. Um, and, you know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about identity uh, and how fraught it can be. Uh, already, I, I've observed people who are distressed about what it is that may come out or be exposed. Um, I, I think that there has been some level of consistency where she admits to not knowing. Um, and, you know, it, in those circumstances, um, to be adopted and welcomed and accepted, um, you know, it should be a community that that has the ability and power to do that. Um, so we'll see what the revelations are. Um, but I, I hope that, you know, people just sort of Take it for what it is. And Jason Agnew, it's not like Gray Owl. Most people are familiar with this story from like 100 years ago where a guy pretended to be indigenous and then went on speaking tours. But, you know, it's just a woman with an uncertain background who went with what she was told. Why are we? Why is the CBC doing this? I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. This is like eating one of their own. The amount of times I've tuned into the CBC over my lifespan to see Buffy St. Marie playing a song is or making an appearance is incredible. I do not understand where this is coming from. It's not like there's any sort of scandal here. She is retired from performing. Leave this lady alone. This is ridiculous. Do we not have better things to do on the fifth estate? Thank you very much. Passionately expressed. That's Jay. Jason Agnew, Kareem Assad, and Patrick Brown on Free For All Round 2. Catch the Roundtable, Round 1 at 745, Round 2 at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.